one of this is I'm not gonna it's my favorite place to be to be honest with you you guys are, are there's been a such a connection I feel like family here I truly not even not even family friends I feel like friends amen you know the Bible says that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother amen in other words families you have to be in love with or act like you, you've got to be in love with them. But, but there is something about a friendship that is so thick and so beautiful. Amen. And, and we just really appreciate this friendship. We really do. It's, it's been good for us, and I hope it's been good for you. So, amen. Uh, Numbers chapter 11. I'm going to try to go quickly. And, you know, I tried to recount this morning if I've ever read these verses here. And if I have, Talk to God is all I can tell you because I know this is where he led me uh, last night, actually. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, we see a story here. And Moses is in a place with a bunch of people who are complaining. They are griping about everything. Have you ever been around those people, right? Everything is a complaint, right? You know, I don't like the food you're serving, Moses. That's what they were talking about, by the way. They were like, this food, I'm sick of eating manna. Come on, I'm tired of it. They were just griping and complaining. And, and they probably were not church people because church people never, ever, ever do that, right? You know, I don't like the service. I don't like, come on, I don't like the music. Just griping and complaining and just, 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 right? You know what I mean? Just, you just want to touch them quickly, right? So here we see in chapter 11, they're, they're just griping and complaining. And in verse 14, Moses, say Moses. Now, let me tell you a little bit. About Moses is a friend of God, right? God declared there had never been a prophet in Israel and never shall be that compares to Moses, right? He was pretty high on God's list, right? And all of a sudden, this high on the list of God man begins to speak from the heart. Some of you may go, this is not from the heart where he's about to speak. Because watch what he says. I am not able to carry these people. In other words, he says, I cannot put up with these folks anymore. That's what he said. I cannot handle these people. He said, they're too much for me. This is too heavy for me. Have you ever been in that place where it just seems like it's too you think, is, am I ever going to get past this point? And just when you think you get past that point, all of a sudden you're back at that point again. Say he's intentional. God is very, very intentional. Let me tell you, last time I was here was John Rosh Hashanah. Do you remember? And God spoke to me and I gave you a word that said that we were coming out of a decade of seeing into a decade of speaking, which those two things together means intentionally speaking. In other words, thinking before you speak. Well, I cannot get away from the word intentional. And this morning I was on the treadmill at the gym at three o'clock this morning. Hallelujah. And I was... Listening to some worship music and I had my, I would every once in a while listen to the, these scriptures. I would just have it read it to me on the little speak the page or whatever. And God spoke to me and he said, I want you to tell them today I'm intentional in everything that happens in their life. I said, wow, somebody can get mad about that. Think about it. Because not everything that happens in life is always. And you want me to tell them that everything that happens in their life, he did it on purpose? I thought, God, you got to be kidding me. And then he said to me, watch this. Now, I'm not joking. This is exactly what God said to me. I told Elizabeth this earlier today. God said to me, the steps of a good man, I mean a man, are ordered by the Lord. 
He said it just like that. The steps of a good man, I mean a man, are ordered by the Lord. I was like, did you just make a mistake? Did you stumble over the scripture? I I was confused. God, why did you say it like that? And so I had to go look up the verse. It's in Psalms 37, I believe, verse 23. And in most translations, it says the steps of a, and it's in brackets, good man are ordered by the Lord. Guess what? That is a translation that's not really there. Usually words like that, when they're in italics or they're in, 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 in brackets, they're not really there. I said, so God, what are you saying? And he said, I want you to understand, I don't just order holy people's steps. I order everyone's steps. You don't have to be good for me to work on your behalf. You just have to be mine, and I created you, and you are mine. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, we have used this idea that says, if you are good, God will be good to you. Right? If you are sin-free, God will bless you. If you are perfect, God will honor you. If you will do all of this, God will do all of this, right? We've tried to manipulate God into doing something. And in reality, God's going, I'm already intentionally going to do something. It may not be in the moment you think, come on, but trust me, I am ordering your steps. Say my steps are ordered. Okay, I'm sorry. I've been crying over there, so I'm like all snotty. So you're going to have to forgive me. And he says, and this, and he goes in verse 15, he says, and if this is the way you're going to deal with me, just kill me. Did you hear that? I would rather be dead than put up with them. Has anybody ever, ever been at that point? I would rather be dead. He said, and don't just kill me. Do it quick. That's what it says. I'm paraphrasing. It's what it says. He says, do it quickly, God. I need to die right now because I'm sick of dealing with the pressure of everything around me. I mean, you understand what Moses... Now, Moses, a friend of God, he was saying there's so much pressure. I cannot deal with this pressure anymore. I cannot deal with the burden of life that has been intentionally given to me. He said, just kill me and do it quick. Now, watch what God does. Verse number 16. He says, and the Lord said to Moses, gather 70 elders. Do you notice he did not acknowledge? Did you see that? Kill me! Go gather 70 people. Kill me! Go gather 70 people. Okay, 70 people are going to stone me? What's (laughs) happening? You know? He said, go gather 70 elders. The number 70 is an interesting number. It means several things. It means generation. Go gather a generation. It means the number prior to increase. In other words, he says, go gather people who are about to increase from where they are. In other words, don't just think of increase as financial or or, or material. They're about to increase in knowledge. They're about to increase in wisdom. And some of us don't even realize it, but you are at a point where God is about to send increase to your life. Come on. Increase. See, See, without a vision, the people perish. We need to visualize we are not... There's always more. We're moving from glory to glory to glory. So he says, go gather 70 men of the elders. And he said, and uh, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, and bring them to the tent of the meeting and stand there. Now, so Moses is saying, kill me. And God says, go get 70 dudes and go stand at the tent. What? This is your response to all this complaining, all this griping. And God's the whole time, I believe, is going, that's all on purpose, Moses. 
I'm setting you up for this moment. See, God is a God. He, he blesses time. I think I shared that last time I was here. Time is holy. Do you understand? That's why he said, I've given you the Sabbath and it's holy. Do you understand? I've made time holy. It's not necessarily about location. I'm pretty sure I shared all this before. It's about the moment. And if we can make it to that moment, do you understand? That moment can change everything because that moment has already been planned in the divine heart of God. So he said, I want you to go stand at the tent of meeting. Now, this is interesting because we just, anybody follow me on Facebook? Anybody in here? You probably saw me sitting in a little tent with fruit hanging from the ceiling and everything. We, in our backyard, you probably thought, wow, he's a weirdo. <laughs> That's what he probably thought. What? Sheep. Yeah, you thought she kicked me out. <laughs> we were dwelling in these little tents for about eight days in our backyard. And strange people, aren't we? Just strange, peculiar. The Bible says you're peculiar people. I took it very seriously. <laughs> and literally that tent dwell, it, it represents, and I won't go into the whole story. It's for the feast of Sukkot, the feast of booze to commemorate when they came out of Egypt or they came out of the, uh, the, uh, the wilderness. I mean, and they dwelt in temporary homes and it was to remind them of those things. But it was a, it was a place that they were under the shadow of the most high. Do you understand? It was a place of intimacy. It was a place of where the presence of God is. God has always been a God of temporary dwellings. That's why he made the, the tabernacle and he made them in Shiloh for 600, I mean, uh, 369 years. He had a tent that sit on the side of a mountain. He said, I don't want to be here forever. I may want to move. So let's make it temporary, right? So he said, I'm going to take you to this temporary place. And so that day he tells Moses, I want you to go to that intimate place. Okay, I don't want to get distracted. Go to that intimate place, and I just want you to hang out there with a, a generation who's about to experience increase. That's what you need to remember, okay? So God said, don't worry about I'm not going to focus on your complaining. I'm not going to focus that you want to die right now. Just go hang out with a generation. Come on. Go hang out with some people who are about to experience something bigger than themselves and stay in the tent. Say, Somebody say, stay in the tent. Stay, don't get out of the tent. It's very important. Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall remain fixed, stable under the shadow of the almighty, right? It says, though 10 may fall or a thousand may fall at your right side and or whatever, 10,000 on the other side, and it shall not come nigh you. Come on. That tent, that place of intimacy is a place of security. What is that tent? Is it a location? No, it's that place where you can begin to erupt in worship in no matter where you are in life. You understand? Well, what do you mean? Going through hell. I was, no. You just made yourself a tent. Come on. Will you help me? Hold that. I'm toxic. She said, yes, I am. Isn't she precious? <laughs> Wherever you are, you can build a tent just by worshiping God. Do you understand? So he said, I want you to go and dwell in the tent with the 70 folks. And he said, I'm going to. Now, next I won't tell it, but there's going to be something special that we're going to build off of this up next time I come. I promise. I mean, it's going to be a continuation. And he says, I want you to stand there in the tent. Verse 17 says, and I will come down and I will talk with you there. And he said, and I'm going to take the spirit, which is upon you, Moses, and I'm going to put it upon them. Now, he wasn't speaking that I'm going to give them your spirit or your anointing or I'm going to impart your gift to them. But he's saying, I'm going to use you as a as a stroll, basically, that I'm going to flow through and I'm going to use you the one, say one, to deposit a multitude, to deposit on an entire generation. 
See, he was saying, Moses, you have been in this place, this intentional place, but that place is bigger than what you think. It was about this generation coming. It was about something bigger than yourself. What we face every day, Sister Judy, it may seem like it's overwhelming. It has a divine purpose. Come on. And that divine purpose is bigger than you and I. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. And sometimes life is just say amen to that. You're having church in a bar. You can say amen to that. I can always remind you of that. You can say amen to my craziness. You're having church in a bar. Amen. amen. He said, come down. I'm going to take the spirit that's upon you and I'm going to put it upon them. And he says, and now I want you to skip down to verse 23. I'm, I'm about to preach the quickest sermon I've ever preached to here, by the way. Of course, I still have about five, six more verses, but that's okay. So he says, go meet at the tent. And he says in verse number 23, the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord's hand and his ability and power become short? Now think about this. He said, you were over there complaining a few minutes ago, Moses, and you were talking about kill me. And all of a sudden God didn't acknowledge him. He said, go gather me 70, go gather an an increased generation that are about to experience something bigger and more powerful and more beautiful than they ever thought they would experience. Come on. I'm talking to people right now. You are in the moment, the brink of something. You're I'm not talking about a revival that looks like Toronto, that looks like Bethel, that looks like anything else. I'm talking about an impersonal something in your life. Come on, personal, say personal. Something personally with inside of you that is greater than you had in your last season. Come on. And I'm not just prophesying money and all that. I could care less about all of that stuff. I'm talking about a peace of mind. Come on, a shalom. Man, think about that. Do you know, come on, we, we say Shabbat Shalom all the time. You may see it on Facebook. That word Shalom has so much power. It means peace, prosperity, health. So when we greet each other and say Shalom, we're saying, I want to pour you out with wealth. I want to pour health upon you. I want to pour peace of mind upon you. God wants to give you Shalom. Do you hear me? I believe I'm talking to you. He wants to give you some perfect peace. I'm not talking about change the situations in your life. I'm talking about you can remain in the desert, remain in the valley of the shadow of death and still have peace. Come on. So shalom to you. Shalom to you. The peace of God that passeth all understanding that we don't have to say, God, get me out of my current situation but rather you come and invade my current situation. See, God told Moses, he said, go stand at the tent. I'll come down. Oh God, think about that. He's so powerful. He's so holy. He's so righteous. He's so kingly. He is omnipresent. He is all, he is author. He is finisher. He's He's it all. He's all that, a bag of chips, fruit loops in the whole nine yards. You understand? I mean, he's got cherries and strawberries and nuts and cool whip, the whole shebang. But yet he said, don't get up. I'll come to you. God, that is so good. There is, we make the Bible so complex. He was just saying, I'll be there. I'll come right there where you are. Just create an atmosphere for me. So he tells Moses, has my hand become short? Do you think I've lost my power? But God, I'm going through hell. These people won't quit griping. (laughs) 
They're driving me nuts. I don't have what they need. They're not satisfied. They want meat. I got manna. I don't have the answers they want. They're looking for something. I mean, jewelry's falling in the fire and calves are being built and they're lifting up snakes and they're, and they're raising them up and looking at them and going into trances and they're, 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 they're just not satisfied. They're a, they're a problem, God. Right? He's like, these people are a huge problem and they're driving me so crazy. I would rather be just dead. You ever notice every great person of God always wants to die? Elijah. So if you've ever been at that point, God must be with you. You hear me? Because every person who experiences greatness at one time or another wants to be off the earth. Do you understand? So God says, go there. I'm going to meet with you right there. He said, we're going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. And he said, I'm going to come down. And the first thing he says, and he goes, I want you to understand I'm bigger than anything you see right now. Is my hand, is it, is it become short? Has it become weak? Has he, do you think I've lost my power? Do you think I've forgotten you? Come on. And he goes on to say, he says, uh, uh, he says in the, in verse 23, you shall now, someone say now, you shall see now whether my word shall come to pass for you or not. God says, we're about to have a showdown and either I'm going to be God or you're going to be God. That's what he said. We sang a song earlier that had a line. He says, promises. Uh, something about a promise that was still, uh, it, he's not forgot. I don't remember the actual line of it, but it was something about the promises that are still, they're still the promise. You understand? And if we think that God forgot his promise, what we are saying is I am God and you are not because I can make the promises come to pass and you are not holding good on your word. So God says, it's okay. I can handle this Moses. So you want to die and you want to kill everybody else because you're tired of them too. And he said, but if you'll just not move out of this place of intimacy, he said, I'm going to come down and I'm going to show you whether I'm really God or not. God wants you to understand he's about to intentionally bless you. Not so that you can say, look, I'm blessed, but so that you and I will know that he is still God, that we will know, come on, that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he is God who is faithful yesterday, faithful today, and he will still be faithful tomorrow. Whether or not your situation changes, I don't know, but there's a place of shalom that we can dwell in that place and still be perfectly at peace. Oh, that's good. Amen. And so he goes on to say in verse 24, so Moses went out and told the people, Moses quit complaining for a minute. He said, so the people went out and he went and told the people and he gathered 70 men and the elders of the people and set them around the tent. Look at somebody and say, get to the tent. I'm telling you, next year we're going to come and I'll make you guys dwell in a tent with me for eight days. (laughs) It's a beautiful experience. We don't really stay out there because I don't do bugs and all that stuff, but whatever. And it says in verse 25, and the Lord came down. Did you hear that? That just makes me want to lay on the floor every time I hear that. It is a unfathomable thing in my mind to think that God would come to me. You know, kings say, come to me. I'm not getting off my throne. Bring them to me. Yet this is a king we've never seen before. This king says, don't get up. I'm coming. Come on. Don't move. I'm coming. Stay right there. 
I'm on my way. Come on. So it says, God, come down. This is not figuratively. He came down. It says he came down in a cloud. Wow. Isn't it interesting that he says he will come again in a cloud? Right? Nothing is just there. So it says he come down in a cloud. Say the glory. He came down in the glory of God and he spoke to him and he took the spirit that was upon Moses and he put it upon the 70. Okay, did you see what just happened? He took the spirit off one and put it on a multitude. He took the spirit. He, he said, I'm going to come and rest upon one and I'm going to use that one to pour out upon a multitude of people. In other words, what God was saying is, Moses, the problem is you're trying to do it all alone. You are trying to handle the people by yourself. You are trying to deal with life by yourself. Think about that. Think think of your own self. You're trying to handle. You're not opening up to anyone. You're not allowing others to see your vulnerable place. You're not allowing others to see, I want to die right now. You're not allowing. You're bringing it to me and that's great. But I want you to be able to expose that to the people. So I want it to take the burden off of you. And I'm going to put because you know what? That's covenant. That's covenant now that says we are one. And if you come to me and tell me, you know what? I just wanted to kill somebody the other day. I don't look at you crazy and say, oh, you are bad. I need to go pray. Right? We can be open and free with one another. Do you understand? Without judgment, without condemnation. That just says, you know what? The other day, I just wanted to forget it all and run away. You know what? Good for you. Glory to God. At least you got past it. Amen. Right? He's on Moses. You're trying to carry it alone. Yes. And it's too much for you because God is big and he's expansive. Come on. And it was never intended that one should carry it all. But he says, I want to put my spirit upon everybody. Not good men, all men. Now, another key thing, a good thing about Psalms 37, I looked at the word there. The word man there means no gender. That's what it means in the Hebrew. I'm not joking. Go look it up. In other words, he's saying, I'm not looking for a group, a, a, a sex or a gender of people. I'm looking about anybody. Come on. I've ordered the steps of every human being. In other words, if they're serving me, not serving me, I've intentionally got a plan for their life. Oh, that's so good. And guess what? He works out, right? All things turn around for the good of those who love him. Why? Because he's good and I'm not. Think about that. We've tried to make everybody be good. And in reality, God is the good one. (laughs) Because if you think I'm good, you are so deceived. (laughs) He amen that one. She amen that I was hot, but he amen that I was bad boy. (laughs) Because God is the good one. For years, for years, I tried to be good. For years, I tried to be holy. For years, I tried to be perfect. Do you understand? And I found myself like Moses and Elijah saying, God, just kill me. This is too much for me. I can't handle this is too much pressure. And the whole time God's saying, come to me, all you're weary and heavy laden, for my yoke is easy. Easy. Everybody just want an easy button? Do you know, I heard a rabbi teach the other day, and he said, 
that when his son came to him and said, I didn't ask to be born. He said, he said to his son, well, you know, I didn't either. And the rabbi said, you know what I started thinking? This is not my problem. None of this. This is not my problem. I didn't ask for this. God did. This is his problem. I'm just called to love the Lord God with all my heart, mind, and strength. You understand? Build a tent. Make a place of worship. I can't change what I see right now. Come on. Each one of you right now can say, I'm facing this, facing that, facing that. You can't change it just by going, ooh, shakabada. Right? Declare you shall not be. I speak things that are not as if they are. That's great. That's wonderful. But in reality... I may not be able to change that thing, but I can change the atmosphere. And a king can change everything. Okay, real quick, because it's, it's almost time. He goes on, he said, the Lord came down, the spirit came upon him. And it says he rested upon them and they began to prophesy. Did you catch that? When the spirit came upon them, it did not say they just spoke in tongues. It said they began to prophesy. They began to declare the works of the Lord. Now, this was a beautiful thing. And then it says, but then they stopped. They didn't do it anymore. Has anyone ever just had a revival moment in their life and next week that revival was gone? Right? You know, last week you're like, glory to God. Anything can come my way. I will fight hell with a water pistol because it is all perfect and I'm living in the glory of God. And whoo, hallelujah. And next week it's like, I want to punch you in the throat. It was and it was not. (laughs) I was on the mountain and now I'm not. So it says in the same scripture, one verse, they prophesied and then they did not. They stopped. It it changes quickly, right? So watch this. But there remained two. Someone say two. Two is the number of unity. God is big on unity. If we can have two, he said, if two or three are gathered in my name, that's where I'll be. If I can get anybody to agree on one thing, it shall be. Unity is a big, big deal to God. Not even that if you're right. You understand? Not even if you're holy. Not even if you're uh, uh, in the, come on, think of it. Even if you're in air, there is something to unity. And so he says, but there remained two men in the camp named Eldad, and his name means, I wrote it down somewhere, Eldad, I'm not using notes, I don't know why I even take them. Eldad means whom God has loved. And there was another guy by the name of Medad means loved or beloved friend. In other words, there's these two people that just came out of that 70 generation, that, 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 that new generation or that generation that God said to go stand in the tent. And they were so moved and moved in unity. They were in love with God. They were just lovers of God. I mean, just crazy, charismatic, probably psycho people, right? You know the type, right? Yeah, I know someone like that. And so it says they remained there and the spirit rested upon them. And then there was those of the, and they were those of the selected list. Yet they did not go out of the tent when they were told to do so. In other words, if you kind of read the story, they decided, well, this move of God was great. This prophesying was great. But now let's move to something else. So we're going to make a list. Everybody on the list, you got to get out of here. We're going to leave this for all the leadership to stay up here. That's what happened, by the way. All of a sudden, in one verse, they built a hierarchy system and they made a list and told everybody to get out except their little core group. But these two lovers of God, these two worshipers were hanging out prophesying. 
Well, it did not make people happy. Because then in verse 27, it says, And a young man ran to Moses and said, Eldad and me, dad, are prophesying tattletales. Moses, have you seen what's happening over in the tent over there? Those two weirdos are over there still prophesying. Those two flaky charismatics, they're still in there. We made a list. We told them who they had to get out of here, but they did not mind. Then guess what happened? The next verse says Joshua. Joshua. You know who Joshua is? March around Jericho, Joshua. Everywhere you put the soles of your feet, Joshua, right? Joshua, powerful man of God. God says, see, Jericho, I'm going to give it to you. A man of vision. He comes running to Moses and says, we got a problem. Eldad and me, dad, they're problems. Joshua said, forbid them. See, even the strongest leaders, if not careful, can bend to the hierarchy of man. That was profound. <laughs> Even us, the strongest, that people think you are the strongest, most powerful, if not careful, can bend to a hierarchy system. Because Joshua came and said, Moses, stop them from doing what they're doing. Now I want you to see how Moses addressed this. Moses said in the next verse, and this is the last verse I'm going to read. But Moses said to them, are you jealous? Are you envious for my sake? He said, he said, I would that all of God's people were prophets and that he would put his spirit upon all of them. In other words, Moses was saying, we can't put this in a box anymore. We can't limit this anymore. Yeah, maybe they're doing it out of order. Maybe they're not doing it the right way. Come on. Maybe they're not doing all the church lingo. Maybe they're not, maybe they're not doing it in the, in the four-point formula that's been set up by the, by the whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe they're not doing it like whoever's ministry doing it. Maybe they're not, but they're doing something. They're, they're excited. They're burning. And he's like, do you think I'm going to take that away from them? Do you think I'm going to take what's going on away from them? He said, no, I want them to do something So what am I saying? All this to say, maybe stuff's going on. Guess what? It's on purpose. Maybe you're facing financial problems. It's on purpose right now. You're in an on purpose moment in your life. So that God can on purpose come down. And he can put a fresh spirit upon your life. But the key is don't give in and let it go away. Don't fall to the, to, the, to the status quo of religion that says we're going to stop doing this. And we're going to be, don't stop. Don't stop. Get it, get it. No, it's not okay. We're at a bar. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't stop believing. Yeah, journey. You just, that's good, babe. Good, good, good. He said, don't stop. Even if you're doing it wrong, just do it. Just do it. But I can't live up to that. Just do it. Do what you can do and do it with all your heart, mind, and strength. And God will look at it and say, I didn't ask you to be good. I'm good. But God, I I really can't. I'm not. I'm not. It's okay, beloved. It's okay, beloved. I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. 
I can handle this and I can carry you. So if you've not got anything from this today, if you're in a valley, just begin to create a tent. Visualize your little guitar. And start strumming into the Shekinah glory of God fills. And if you want to die, just go stand in the tent. Get a group of people. Get some, get some people that don't even realize that they're in the moment of increase in their life. Come on. And begin to allow God to pour out the fresh spirit of God upon us. Amen. There is some good things coming to you very, very soon. I believe it was something we talked about that we're going to do next time. I believe it's so ordered. And I believe that this is going to, going to jump off of that. But in the next few weeks, we're going to be back. Well, not next few weeks. But anyway, and I want you to begin to prepare. I want you just to begin to ask God, God, what do I need to do? I want to prepare because there's a moment of increase coming to me that everything is about to shift and change. I want you to, you, I mean, don't, don't ask what's going to happen. What's, it doesn't matter because I really don't know, to be honest with you. But I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, God is saying, prepare yourself in the next few weeks. Get yourself ready. Just begin to build a tent and just stay in the tent and prepare yourself because there is a moment that God is about to come down. And I'm not talking about a second coming. I'm not talking about a rapture. I'm talking about a resting of his presence and everything in your life will become beautiful in that moment. Do you understand? Come on, let's just begin to praise him. Father, we bless you. You are good. You are awesome. You're magnificent, Father. You're bigger and more intentional than we can ever imagine, Father. So right now, God, I just thank you. I thank you for the journey life. I thank you, God, that even in the journey, we can find joy. See, your name is very prophetic. See, journeys are known for not being the easiest thing, but you can find joy in the journey. So God, I ask you right now that every person in this room and even those outside of this room, God, as we're on this journey of life, Father, let us find joy. I declare shalom over every person right now, Father. I'm not talking about just a little greeting of hi, how you doing, but I'm a shikot I declare the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I said, there's something right now on peace. God wants you to know there, there's several of you in this room right now. You are perplexed in your mind. There are things going on. There's anxiety. There's fear. And God God declares over you right now, shalom. And he wants you to, God wants you to understand that he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And the situation, the thing that you are anxious over, God says, it is not bigger than I am, says the Lord. And God says, it's on purpose. I'm not removing the thing you're looking at, but rather I'm going to come down with you, says God. So right now, God, I just declare that peace, that complete peace over minds right now. A complete shalom right now over the minds and the hearts of the people, Father. I declare it. God, I declare the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob upon every person in this room. That everywhere they go over the next few weeks, that they would be like Joshua. And they would place their feet on it and say, God, you have given me a new step, a new start. And God, you are ordering every step. I take. And God, even though sometimes I don't want to take the step because it's hell, God, you have ordered that step. And if you've brought me to this place, you will remove me from this place, God. So God, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, protect me. You uphold me with your strong arm. And God, if this next step, though it may look like something to fear, I will fear not because God, as long as I am with you, you are ordering every step, not even if as long as I'm with you, you are ordering every step. You are on purpose, Father, moving me from step to step to step. And God, I declare Psalms, uh, Psalms 23 over everyone in this room that says, Surely only goodness and mercy and kindness shall follow you all the days of your life. See, the enemy has chased you down for a long time, but God is greater. He will chase you down to the end of our life. So God, I pray God, not only will your goodness chase us, but we will be overtaken with your goodness in the name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus. And God, we bless you. We honor you. And God, we just say right now, here we are. Here we are. Isaiah 6, God says, whom shall I send? And Isaiah just began to say, here I am. So God, we yield to you right now and we say, here we are. Whatever the next step may be, whatever the next process may be, whatever the next whatever may be, here we are, God. We are willing, we are yielded, and we give you permission, Father, to do whatever you want to do. And God, I ask you, Father, let us come encounter with people this week and the next few days, Father, that we can pour love upon, that we can pour acts of kindness upon, because God, you're a God who shows kindness. So God, let us be a people who give kindness in the name of Jesus. I bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. I bless your life. I bless your families. I bless your children. I bless your children's children. I bless your homes. I speak peace over everything you do. I speak peace by shikosata in your jobs right now. I speak peace into, into anxiety and fear right now. I speak peace into your workplaces right now where some of you just hate going to work. God says, I'm just going to release peace, 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 that even in the midst of chaos, you can experience the calmness under the shadow of the most high. God, God, I thank you and I worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Let's give God a Hey, I did pretty good.